Welcome to the Workplace Forward Podcast with your host, executive coach Tegan Travato, founder and CEO of Bright Arrow Coaching. Are you a perpetually busy, always overstretched leader or executive who feels there's never time to keep up with leadership trends in an always changing landscape, much less self-care? Workplace Forward will help you overcome both challenges and gain peace of mind. Through Tegan's conversations with executives, experts, authors, and innovators about their leadership journeys, you'll get quick hits of two things you need the most. Essential insights to help navigate the future workplace and best practices on the more human side of leadership so you're empowered to take care of yourself while leading others. Enjoy some well-deserved time for yourself to learn and recharge. Let's get started with today's guest. Tegan, take it away. Leaders, today we're going to interview Cloverleaf co-founders Kirsten Moorfield and Darren Muriner. The two of them have a really fascinating story. Just imagine for a moment, what would it take for you to want to start a business with someone? That co-founder relationship is really special and important, and they are going to open up the curtain a bit for us to hear what it was that led them to want to work together and what that journey has been like. What I am really excited to explore with them is how they are leading a tech company and, in my opinion, busting all the stereotypes of what you know tech co-founders are like in that their product is truly making the cultures and the lives of the humans better at work. And likewise, they're creating a really special culture in the company they lead. They both lead with a ton of humility and authenticity and openness and curiosity. And I'm going to ask them a lot of questions about those very things as we talk today. I have no doubt that you will uncover a lot of little lessons buried in all of their answers to my questions today. It's just generally one of those opportunities where we all can come away inspired by someone's day-to-day work. And that's certainly what Kirsten and Darren will offer us in this interview today. Darren, Kirsten, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having us. Yeah. You know, you're the first founders as a pair that we've ever had on. I don't know if I shared that with you. Ooh, that's exciting. It is. You know, it is funny because I do think it is pretty unique to have co-found one. I think co-founders in general, although I think that's becoming more and more common. But I do think also we've been told that having opposite gender co-founders that aren't like in a relationship or something is is unique i yeah. didn't find that surprising bizarre shocking, but yeah someone told us to write a book about it one time and i was like what would i write in it <laughs> oh well i may help you with that right now because i would love if you two would tell us your founder story because darren it's a super pertinent point that first of all, and I can relate to this as the sole owner of my firm, I can't imagine what it would take for me to find someone and go, you're someone I'd like to be in a full partnership with, right? Like it's a big thing. So tell us, tell me, tell listeners how you two found each other and how you have evolved this business into what it is today by sharing your intellectual horsepower. Yeah, I'll get started with that. I mean, and Kirsten, feel free to jump in and add something extra. But we actually worked together at a digital video agency that actually started the explainer video marketplace. So if you're familiar with the little animated videos that explain the cloud or information security or whatever, 
And I would say we did not actually work that closely together. I think we both kind of like watched each other work from afar and like understood the work and the quality of work that we did with each other. But I think like with a lot of really good partnerships, oftentimes you don't really know how how well you kind of you kind of work together or you kind of fit with each other until you're like deep into it. So we could have never, I mean, I would love to say that like, oh no, like we planned this and it was very thoughtful and it was clear that like Kirsten was a great compliment in these ways, but I don't know that that was as much the case as much as it was just like, I think we, we definitely saw that there was some good complementary skill mm-hmm. sets and strengths, but it's worked out, I think, way better than either of us could have imagined. Yeah. Kirsten, what would you yeah. add there? Well, I can just add the actual story of like, how did we get it started? So mm-hmm. Darren mentioned we we met at a company. We both left for different reasons and we ran into each other a few months later. And I had left to have my first child, but really in the back of my mind, I wanted to start a business. And so we run into each other. Darren's like, how's the mom life? I was like, it's really great, except I also think I'm going to start a business. And he said, well, I'm starting a business. You should come along with me. And so that was the moment that it all kind of began. I initially actually said no, because I didn't really understand the concept. And I I don't like technology. I'm totally a Luddite. Like I'd love to not have a cell phone, but I actually, you know, sat on it for a while and realized that concept, even though it's evolved a ton, could really change the world and could really have a huge impact on people's lives. And it is something I wanted to be a part of. And I I really admired Darren. I had a lot of respect for what I had seen of him in our previous company. He's strong character, very trustworthy, really critical thinking, high quality, you know, all that. And I love Darren's wife. I was like, if I can get closer to Peggy, that would be great because she also had owned her own business and was just a really good role model to me. So I thought, why not? Let's do it. That's phenomenal. So if I'm reading between the lines, like you appreciated each other's quality of work in your previous life, what you knew of each other. It sounds like there was an appetite for some shared risk that is launching a business, like you were both ready to do it. I also so appreciate, Kirsten, your personal story on I'm at home, gave birth to a baby, was clear I wanted to give birth to a business as well. Yeah, I just think it's such a testament to what's also brewing for a lot of women and possible is that we may step away from our work to start our family, but there's still so much more we awaken to during that time. Oh. So, Oh, yeah. I, I knew it while I was pregnant and I told almost nobody because I knew mm-hmm. that sounded crazy to say, I'm going to learn how to be a mom and start a business at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's phenomenal. And Darren, I love that you called to just check in on her mom life and you're like, come on, let's go do it. So, yeah, totally. No, I mean, I, I think and part of I mean, Kirsten mentioned that mm-hmm. she was just interested in getting closer to my wife, too. Like, mm-hmm. I think there was a lot of shared experiences and a lot of shared kind of personality related things there. So I uh, just anticipating like we're a little bit further ahead of where Kirsten and her husband's at in terms of like growing a family and just knowing some of the struggles and stuff that that my wife went through with that because she was I think we actually had started a business prior to having children mm. versus the other way around for Kirsten and mm-hmm. you know just understanding it like hey there's this other part of yourself that you still want to engage on a regular basis, you know, like just doing feeding and changing diapers and, you know, maybe occasionally doing mom or parent kind of run into the park or whatever isn't 
isn't super fulfilling for yeah, a lot of people. Right. And so, yeah, I, I think there was a lot of shared experiences. And I think the fact that we were probably a little bit further ahead of, of her and her husband in terms of their journey made for a really good, I think, situation for us. So interesting. I too woke up to the interest in having a bigger business after I had my baby, like the same mm. year. And it's doubled in mm. size every year since then. I'd kind of been, you know, as a solo practitioner for many years, and my practice was roughly the same size and revenue every year. And then after I had Athena, there was just something that woke up in me that I was like, yep. I want my business to do more for me. Yep. And I want us to be creating bigger impact. And I can't yep. explain it where that came from because I'd been in business several years, except there was a lightning bolt moment. It was yep. in my postpartum window. And here we are today, just growing and growing. So awesome. there's something here. I know we need to maybe need to investigate this some other time. Like what happens there for entrepreneurial women? So I would love to see. investigate that. Yeah. Okay. We'll be a follow-up call later. Okay. <laughs> cool. So, great. so you guys once told me that Cloverleaf is a tech company but humming below the surface at all times is an effort to create psychological safety and appreciation of diversity and of diverse opinions. That's a direct quote, a as you can tell. Wow. Yeah. So like huge. <laughs> so tell us more about what that really means. And you know what? Actually, maybe you should tell us what Cloverleaf is and what it does. So let me back up. Tell listeners about Cloverleaf and then I'll take us back into that. Yeah, I'll start with the first part and then Kirsten can maybe answer your original question. But Great, thanks. Cloverleaf is an automated coaching platform that integrates with the tools that employees use every day. So email, calendar, Slack, Microsoft Teams. And we provide customized coaching to the specific, I would say, behavioral patterns and profiles of you as an individual, but more importantly, really provides insight and sheds light on how you can be more effective with each other in those day-to-day -day interactions. So mm -hmm. all the things that you said in terms of psychological safety and diversity and the respect of those differences that, mm -hmm. that happen in the, in the workplace or when we collaborate with each other is a key part of how we do that coaching experience. So we're not necessarily, we're fully tech solution. There's not a human coach involved, but it's really there to supplement or complement or for those who don't have access to coaching today, to provide a coaching solution that can really help improve not just individual performance, but more importantly, the interactions that you have with the people that you work with on a daily yeah. basis. Great. And for listeners, the reason I got pretty jazzed about Cloverleaf is there's a couple of things. One, it is a very cool technology. So please do take some time to go look at it. I've never seen anything like it. And secondly, as most coaches realize coaching can be really inaccessible for a lot of people. So especially executive coaching, it's reserved for folks that are, you know, already earning a lot of money. They've already made it quite a far away in their journeys. So then you've got your middle managers and, and, you know, more junior leaders who are getting zero investment, but have literally all the frontline responsibility. So when I saw this tech, I just understood that it could support all level of leader and create accessibility that there's not in the market. Correct me if I've gotten any of that wrong. That was my take. Spot on. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I appreciate, Kirsten, this probably connects back to some of what you were saying about like, initially you weren't like, yay, tech, but there was something deeper about what it was 
intended to do. So if you then, if I could take you back to that original question about if you're a tech company, but under that surface is that effort to create safety and appreciation of diversity, welcoming even opposing views. How is it doing that? Yeah, absolutely. So I think if you, if you think it's summer right now, if you think about like you go to a a barbecue and you ask somebody, Hey, what do you do? Like within a few minutes, they'll probably complain about somebody that they work with. Like that's just the common human (laughs) experience we all have where we get frustrated often because of the people around us. And if you really dig into what is happening there, it's most likely not a character flaw. It's most likely that they are more detail oriented where you're more big picture thinking, or they are more concerned about, hey, I've seen these types of scenarios in the past and I wanna just make sure that one plus two will equal three again. Whereas you're thinking, Mm -hmm. but the future, (laughs) we Mm -hmm. could go here. Or they're thinking, we don't have the dollars and you're thinking, but the people we need to think about. You know, there's just Mm -hmm. different perspectives that we all bring to the table. And every single one of those perspectives I just mentioned is incredibly valuable. And you need all of them to build the right solutions, to create lasting solutions that don't just fizzle out and die, to build profitable businesses that employ people that accomplish great missions, right? You just need all of that at the table. But it is really hard for us to understand that that's what's happening underneath the surface when we feel like we're being attacked Mm -hmm. and we're being misunderstood. And that thing that we worked really hard to prepare is not being considered by other people or, you know, what, what, what have you in those common scenarios we all experience at work. And so what Cloverleaf is really designed to do is to help you see the great strengths that you and other people bring to the table and how where you have blind spots or where they have blind spots, you both support each other really well because of your differences. Mm-hmm. And people just really don't, aren't, we're not taught at any point to think about, well, am I a big picture thinker or a detail-oriented person? Am I really good at setting plans or getting the final task completed? You know, what, mm-hmm. what am I really good at? What am I really drained by? And so Cloverleaf is just here to Help you see that in you and help you see that in the people around you mm-hmm. so that over time you're learning those things and it helps transform those relationships from ones where, you know, you took things personally to where you realize, oh, I need that person. Actually, mm-hmm. I'm going to go to them and ask them for that perspective because I recognize one, I value that in that person and I value who that person is. And two, it's going to make for better work that we're all more proud of at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. It's also hitting me as you're talking about this, that this is such a nice, maybe accidental solve for the distance the pandemic has created in a lot of workforce. I think I was just coaching an exec this morning that was talking about how just she's joined during the pandemic and she just feels so just not connected because everyone's all across the country. So I could imagine something like this, just serving up that connectivity and bonding opportunity. Yeah, I mean, we always serve remote teams, but when, Mm -hmm. you know, the knowledge force went remote, it was good for our business. We were able to be very helpful in that way. Mm -hmm. Imagine so. Darren, what were you going to say? I think, yeah, I think uh, remote and distributed teams obviously have gotten a lot of focus in the last couple of years because of COVID. Uh, It was definitely a driver for us pre COVID. It was much more of an accelerator after COVID. I think the other thing, though, too, is just the, culture that we're in, like the political climate, the like, I think we're Mm -hmm. kind of conditioned to say things are right or wrong. 
right? Mm-hmm. But like, and so it's pretty easy when you encounter a behavior or a mindset or a mm-hmm. style that is different, that there is just these natural, like right and wrong kind of mindsets. Mm-hmm. And so a big thing for us is how do we help teach and train people that those things aren't right or wrong, that they are just different. And I've had so many people, even in the last few weeks, we'll have this conversation and we'll talk about, you know, like what Cloverleaf does and and they'll they'll talk about some specific behavior or pattern that they're in. And they'll say like, yeah, I guess it's just a character flaw. And I'm like, no, those things aren't character flaws. They're just, you know, how you process information or how you see the world. And if there is a downside to those things, right? Like if there's implications that hold you back from being successful, part of it is like, how can you complement those strengths in a way that, or, you know, find people to partner with like Kirsten and I to kind of complement those things that we aren't just naturally wired to do very successfully. So Mm -hmm. for us, we're also excited. I mean, we're a workplace tool, but I think for us, we're excited about the potential of having impact beyond the workplace, right? Because if we're able to train and create those mindsets and move people out of kind of the mental ruts that they're in, in terms of how they engage or how they think about those differences, we think that can extend beyond the workplace into how you interact with your neighbors or how you see family members, right? That you've had these difficult relationships with. Yeah. It's almost a muscle you're talking about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's personalize that a bit in your own business and your own lives. How are you what are you finding you have to facilitate or sponsor as a leader in order for those perspectives that may differ to be, I mean, leveraged is the word mm-hmm. is inside of work. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a very good question. I mean, we're human managing humans. And sometimes, you know, people ask us like, how do you use your own product? And we're like, just about in every single way, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, because mm-hmm. we our people need it. We need it. Right. I'm totally not immune to somebody asking me a bunch of questions and me starting to feel attacked, even though I know, I know it's just because they're really analytical and I need their critical thinking. And so I would say, you know, one of the common things that will happen is if tension arises on the team, we work very hard to still advocate for like, Hey, what do you think their perspective was? And what are you experiencing? And Oh, by the way, you know, you now have to go talk to that person about this too, right? Like Mm -hmm. you can't, you can't vent up and and leave it like you're responsible for building this relationship. Love that. And I think that's yeah. a natural inclination as leaders too. If someone comes to complain that we'll fix or counsel. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Yes. Put it back on their plate and the responsibility is theirs. Yeah. I yeah, think I mean, part of that too is we have a product, right? We built a product that actually helps people navigate through those tough conversations. Mm-hmm. So it would be one thing if we're just like, hey, go figure this out on your own, right? And like didn't give them the tools or equip them to actually effectively navigate through that process. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it starts with us as individuals to take responsibility and accountability for those relationships. And when we feel those tension points, even if they're not on the surface, like maybe we just feel that internally, like that should be a nudge to say, hey, there's something here and I should probably at least surface this, even if they're not feeling it. Because if I'm feeling it, then that's something that there's something there that could still keep me from being my best with that person. Mm -hmm. Love it. 
one thing Darren said a few years ago, I remember we were in a particularly uncomfortable situation with an employee and Darren said, this is where culture is built. It's not built in when times are great and you can play ping pong. It's built on how do you manage the challenging conversations? How do you manage the uncomfortable scenarios? And I think that's so true. I love it. I literally am writing that down because I'm going to share it right back with a client that we were talking about something similar today. And I'll even quote you, Darren. Oh my gosh. This is like two quotes in the same podcast. It is. Getting famous, everybody. I know. He's not going to get his head back out of the conference room door to go go back to work. (laughs) Tell me for each of you, what do you feel like has changed for yourselves in your own leadership practice the last couple of years or been your own growth journey? Part of the reason listeners are tuning in is to hear from other execs, what they have been focusing on and how they're going about their growth. So what would you say has been top of mind or thematic for each of you the last couple of years? Yeah, I think for me personally, it's to talk less and listen more. And I think Kirsten's been really good kind of nudge on that as well. And I find that the larger our team gets, the less I should be speaking. Mm. And in fact, I, the more I should be encouraging other people to speak up, right? Like an important role I play in, in meetings is to read the room, right? Like who's got things that they want to say, but they're just not saying it either because they don't have, they don't feel like they have the freedom or they're not given the space because others are, you know, taking more of the airtime, but it's an important voice for the room to hear. And I think that's been a journey that I'm definitely still on because my inclination is to definitely still get my opinion or perspective out there. And I think it is dangerous. Like even in this conversation, we're like, oh, I'll put you on that, right? Like where you kind of get to this point where you're like, oh, I've accomplished things and I've you know mm-hmm. done these, these things and people want to hear what I have to say. And it's like, no, like the best outcomes we can possibly have is where our team collectively comes to a solution that everyone in the room owns, not that it's something being dictated by a leader or someone who just happens to dominate the conversation. I love that. We just had a guest on named... Actually, I'm going to pull up her quote right now. I get this impression, Tegan, that you have like this spreadsheet of quotes or something. Like, I I'm don't. Like, you know, do if you I go back and listen... Draw quotes from, uh, you know... I don't know. Like, if you go back and listen to other episodes, I'm not sure I've ever shared another quote, but this is just where my brain is today, I guess. But Sherry Ann James was on. You guys, will. this was just a most recent episode. And I think you would appreciate... She said, leaders have to listen to the whisper, period. Discontent and resistance can be really subtle. Yes. So true. Yes. Sounds like very much what you're talking about, right? Like that drawing out what's not being said. So I love that. Kirsten, what do you think yours has been about the last couple of years? I think I can think of two. So one is trusting my gut. You know, I I was in my 20s when we started this business. And so I definitely was the youngest in the room and every scenario we were in and felt mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't know if I know the right answer here. And just coming to realize over the years that a lot of what I saw years ago was something I should have pushed harder for because it then took a little longer to come to fruition because I was doubting my intuition, you know, that kind of a thing. And Darren's been so helpful in encouraging that and validating that. And then I think another one is 
thinking about how to select the right people, you know, whether Mm -hmm. that's in hiring or whether that's in what advice to listen to, we get so much advice, which is great that people are passionate about what we're doing, but there are many folks who might not have the right experience or there's also folks who, you know, I, I really need critical thinkers around me. I really do because I will miss those small details. But there's a difference between critical thinkers and critics. And so, you know, oh, finding the difference between. Yeah. And so I have I've experienced scenarios where I just like can spin in circles thinking I need to take this seriously because it's critical thinking and then realize later like, no, that was just like negative, you know, there's, mm-hmm. that's, that's different than, mm-hmm. than helping to construct solutions. What I appreciate about your view on that, though, is that most leaders come from a place of, I need to learn to listen, like just as their starting point, And you're coming more from the place of, I have to filter all the things I'm hearing. Um, yeah. And, and a, I do think you need to learn to listen. I think every, yes. that's your, and I don't think you've ever have fully arrived at how to listen. I think that's constantly a muscle to focus on. But yeah, part of learning how to listen is learning when not to listen. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's a great point. It's a great point. I want to just hear all of your thoughts on authenticity in leadership because I you brought this up when we three connected a few weeks ago and it just, it was rich. It has layers, all the things that you have to say about it. And Kirsten, I'd invite you to chime in as things resonate, but tell our listeners about why that has been really important to you, especially right now. Yeah, it's interesting. We we actually, one of our cultural values is be a, a, be a genuine teammate. So we say genuine. And we actually consolidated a couple of values into one over time, one of which was kind of this like transparency piece. So some of the things that we'll say is, you know, bring your whole self to work, right? And I think a lot of people do check themselves at the door. Like, oh, cover up your tattoos, you know, your hairstyle, the things that you're wearing, right? Like, these are all things that like we've heard in our, in, in our careers. And the richness and the uniqueness of our individual perspectives are really important in terms of building trust. And so we would have this like transparency and authenticity, right? Both of those, and, and candor, those are three things that we would speak about. And we kind of consolidated that all into the be a genuine teammate because they're kind of all different sides of the same coin, right? Like you can't be authentic if you're not candid, but you also have to be, you also have to have relationship, right? Because if you're just being candid, you don't have a relationship or you're not transparent in that, in, in a way that feels authentic, then it just comes off as criticism, right? So like all of these things are really tightly linked. And so if you, I think for leaders, if they want to create a place that is a team, an organization that has high levels of psychological safety, right? Sense of belonging, all of these. And I know some of these things sound like buzzwords because they're probably a little bit overused in our corporate and leadership culture. But I think if they truly want to have that kind of a culture, then they really have to lean in on that like authenticity and transparency side of their interactions with people, right? And how they approach people both on their team 
And I also think this needs to extend to like partners and customers and how you're interacting with, with those folks as much as it is just internally. And again, because if, if you want a culture that has authenticity, you can't say and do one thing internally, but then act a different way because they're, you know, you're working with someone on the quote unquote other side of the table from you. And I think that's a really important element to creating that kind of like trust and psychological safety. Right. And I'll add to that. I have actually learned a lot from watching Darren on being an authentic leader. A lot of times, you know, Darren's talking about like, how do we be teammates? How do we encourage that in our teams? But a lot of that is through how we as leaders model it. You Mm -hmm. know, leaders are always in hard new situations. Like employees go through hard personal scenarios and sometimes we don't know what to do about it. And we've, or, you know, you brought up earlier, Tegan, like employees come to us with challenges interpersonally within our teams. And we're like, Oh, do I have to fix that? I don't know Mm -hmm. how to fix that. I should know how to fix that. Mm -hmm. You know, and we, we can put a lot of pressure on ourselves or, you know, the world goes into a pandemic or maybe we're headed into a recession or maybe, you know, like there's all these things that happen that oftentimes we're facing for the first time and we don't know how to navigate it. So how do you be an authentic leader in those situations. And I, I just have really appreciated watching Darren do that, where he can prioritize the relationship. He can still be very much like open in communication and for the person and sometimes admit, I'm not exactly sure what to say here or how to handle this, but like, you know, I care. And then other times there's information we shouldn't share. <laughs> mm-hmm. We should create mm-hmm. a sense of stability, but you can still be authentic and transparent in yourself without you know, losing that sense of stability that you're creating for the organization. Yeah. And when you do that, when you navigate those murky waters, you're giving everyone else permission to do that as well. Mm-hmm. I particularly appreciate you pointing out the admission when we don't know what it must be like or what to do. Yeah. That's what safeguards the authenticity for what it is, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, th- those are the best opportunities to model mm-hmm. authenticity, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we actually, we have a a leader, he's a first time leader. And like, we actually had a a leadership team meeting and he basically, you know, and and again, in in a really great moment of like being transparent and authentic was like, I need to have the answers for my team. And we were like, no, no, you don't. Like you've hired really smart, brilliant people. And it's okay to tell them that you don't have an answer this right because he was driving himself i don't want to say crazy but like he was he was burning himself out right Mm -hmm. and like that is a tendency for him that we're like hey this is something that you're really going to have to watch out for as a young immature leader who is trying to be a great leader for the organization is that like that mindset of i need to know all of these things that actually stifles and kills authenticity Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. because if you're able to admit that like, hey, let me turn this into an opportunity for you to grow, you know, like what suggestions and thoughts do you have in this context? Because I don't have all the answers and we're going to figure this stuff out together. Yeah. And that manifested in him because of his early leadership, perhaps, but we see that still at the executive level, right? Execs take Mm -hmm. on a new function or a stretch assignment and their natural are, I'm going to say our, because it is all of our natural inclination to want to prove like, I got it. It's all safe. Everything's okay. But that is often not a great recipe when you're moving into a place where other people are the experts. 
So it is a really fine line. And I appreciate your employee struggle between creating confidence by knowing enough and then knowing when to admit we don't. So we don't kill people's confidence in us. Right. So it's a, that's and, a tough one. And back to, you know, what's always the underlying theme of everything we build in Cloverleaf is psychological safety and mm-hmm. difference of opinion, cognitive diversity. Like you can't have that if yeah. you're the one with all the answers, like yeah. you will never surface the things other people see that you don't see. If yeah if you feel like, and, and we, we feel it in service to others, like, oh, they should be able to come to me and get answers. I should be able to help them. Right. But no, actually you should be creating opportunities for them. You should be letting them grow, which is sometimes uncomfortable for everybody, but, Mm -hmm. but that's really what's going to create loyalty to you as a leader and to your workplace. That's, what's going to create the best solutions for what you're working on. So like not having the answers is actually a service to your people. Mm, Well said, not stealing their growth moments. So beautiful. Mm -hmm. Oh, you guys, we could pro I could probably just pick apart your entire leadership journey for the next two hours, but I will let you get back to your busy work lives. But before we go, tell listeners how they can learn more about you and Cloverleaf online. Sure. Well, I said I'm pretty much a Luddite, so you won't really find me almost anywhere except for I am slightly active on LinkedIn. But as an organization, you can find us Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube. Where else, Darren? What am I missing? TikTok, even. Um, oh, look at yeah, you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> yeah, I would say pretty much any of the major social channels were there. And it's generally Cloverleaf Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, in me and that's because that's our website as well cloverleaf.me.me mm-hmm. so most of our social media handles are cloverleaf me all one word and same as kirsten pretty active on linkedin and i i also enjoy twitter quite a bit it's maybe not a good habit um, <laughs> i'm still deciding it depends on how much time i'm spending on twitter so it can also depend on the day and what's going on in the world as to how much we want to read it so right well thank you for that and listeners we'll be sure to include links to all of those things mentioned in the show notes so you can easily go and find them and I was poking around of course on your website and saw that you can anyone can do a free trial is that right okay yeah, and how do true. they go about doing that yeah, they can literally just go to the website. There's buttons all over the place that say start a free trial. It gives you 14 days. You can try it out. Our product is really best experienced with other people, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. if you want to get coaching on you know, a new team that you just got added to or that maybe you just got responsibility for, it is a great solution to help you understand those new team members. And mm-hmm. it's a very common experience, right? You don't have to be a senior leader or exec in an organization to use a product. Just give it a try. I think you'll you'll find that it's it's very valuable in that in that journey. Great. So give it a try, but bring a couple of leader friends with you so that you have some comparative reports to share and all of that stuff. Okay. <laughs> Heard you loud and clear. All right. So as we close, I want to ask each of you the question we ask each of our guests. And so as a reminder, this podcast was created to discover the behaviors and practices and beliefs and skills that the future leaders need to successfully carry these systems forward that seem to be unendingly changing at warp speed. So to get your read on what's required of leaders of the future, if each of you will finish the sentence, leaders of the future will. 
Go first, Kirsten. Uh, okay. Well, I actually, I'm going to draw a real quick analogy here. I really like history a lot. And 200 years ago, people would say like, oh my gosh, there's misinformation around politics and there's all kinds of problems spreading around. It's the worst political divide we've ever experienced. And 200 years later, we're saying the exact same thing. And we have more tools. We have social media. It's louder. It's more pervasive. But, you know, it's the same problems over and over. And so I think that way about work. And I don't discount the crazy technology changes and, you know, everything the pandemic introduced. But I still think that people are people and the same problems we experienced 50, 100, 500 years ago, we're experiencing still as people. And so you need a lot of the same things in a leader, which is just good character, like work at being humble and listening and considering different perspectives, work at seeing your people and seeing where their strengths are and their value is and opportunities for them. You have to be intentional about all of those things. None of it is natural. Mm. And I think that like working on yourself and your own character is just as critical as ever before. Mm, I love that. I think so often we look for the frameworks or the habits we want to have as leaders and for you to bring us to character, which is the anchor is beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I would say leaders of the future will, and then I'm going to fill in the blank here, have and demonstrate emotional intelligence. And really what I mean by that is, I think putting people first, one of my favorite kind of stats that I I use a lot is that if you look at the value of the S&P 500 in the early 80s, 85% of it was in hard assets, plant, equipment, inventory. And today that's 8%. So what that would demonstrate is the value, right, that we create for our organizations is directly attributable to people (laughs) and their ability to collaborate with each other. And, you know, one plus one has to equal three or more. Ideally, maybe it's eight or 10 or 20, right? Like Mm -hmm. if we really want to grow our organizations and become the best. And I think, unfortunately, most leaders and most organizations aren't putting people in that position, right? Either in terms of where we invest our time and resources, like even on this call or even on this podcast, like recording this, I've thought of two people that I'm immediately going to reach out to because one of our team members, you know, his wife is is due in the next month and, you know, got some concerning test results yesterday, mm-hmm. right? And I was like, oh man, I haven't like checked in with them and, and found out what's going on. So like, those kinds of things are things that every leader can do. Like you don't need to be a CEO of a fortune 500 company to impact people. You can just focus on the people that are around you and make sure that you're taking care of them. And I think like that awareness, right. We talked about like reading the room as a leader and being able to pull those things out. But like part of that's just being human, right? Like Mm -hmm. do we care and are we demonstrating that level of care with the people around us? So. Oh, so good. I just told my, my team of coaches who do team coaching, we were talking about the competencies we often instill in leadership teams. And I put one on there that is humanness because I think it is coming back to very much what you said, which is partly recognizing our own humanness and our needs and then being able to parlay that recognition into how we care for others because I don't think those two things can be separate. We don't care well for others if we haven't cared for ourselves. And that's what you just really kind of shook up here, but wouldn't it be something if a leadership competency became humanness? Yeah. 
should make the it list. Yeah. You heard it here first. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> Guys, thank you both so much. This has just been refreshing. As I've shared with you both privately, I'm just really energized by what your business has created. I think it continues to be probably rare that we find a way to use technology to make our human connection better. So I'm very excited about what you've put out into the world. And I appreciate as busy as you are that you've made time to to talk with all of us today. So thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate you having us. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Workplace Forward podcast, where leaders and executives can stay ahead of the curve on emerging leadership ideas and self-care best practices. Guided by executive coach Tegan Travato and her expert guests. Please take 60 seconds to help others discover the Workplace Forward podcast by going to iTunes to subscribe, give five stars, and leave a comment. Want to learn more about Bright Arrow coaching and leadership development? Visit the website at www.brightarrowcoaching.com. See you next time. And while you're filling your team's cups, remember to take care of yourself too.